Bucks fans, make sure you go follow one of our sponsors, Split Ticks. Follow them on Twitter at S-P-L-I-T-T-I-K-S. So what is Split Ticks? Well, you're able to reserve sports, concert, and other event tickets with a small deposit and pay off the rest in a flexible payment plan before your event date. So make sure you take advantage of that. And because you're a listener of the All Things Bucks podcast, you're able to use promo code All Things Buccaneers. Use that promo code and you will get a 10% discount on your purchase. Hey, and remember, go Bucks. Welcome back to the All Things Bucks podcast. It's one of your co-hosts, CJ. Follow me on Twitter at CoreyJ863. I am joined by Corey. What up, everybody? It's Corey. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Corey underscore Hayes 407. And we also got Kel in the house. Kel, go ahead and sit your, your, your Twitter. Uh, pool, uh, P-O-O-L-E-Z-10 is my Twitter. And uh, follow us on Twitter, all things CB Bucks, all things Buccaneers on Instagram as well. All right, so it's the day after the aftermath of another episode of how the Bucks are going to lose a game at home. And I'm not that upset at the loss. Um, I mean, we find new ways to lose every week. Um, but it's a lot of fans that are upset. There's a lot of fans that have jumped ship, but they'll be right back on the ship next week. Um, understandable, still the first 24 hours after another soul-crushing loss. But on my end, as a long-time Bucks fan, Bucks fan all my life, I'm not that hurt by the game. I see def- I see a lot of improvement um, from the team so far. It's only three games in. And just got to get better. Um, it's cliche. You hear Jameis say it every week at his press conference. People are tired of Jameis actually just not giving them sound bites so they can go run with it at the the pressers, but they just got to get better. Um, they did what they're supposed to do to, you know, try to win the game late. You get your kicker in range, and unfortunately, Matt Gay didn't come through for the team in the clutch. There's a lot of different things that happened during the game that we can say if, um, if they did this better, if the play calling was better, if the defense played better, if they would have stopped Daniel Jones on that drive, if they would have put a quarterback spy on him, a lot of things that could have been done that could have been handled differently. But if if and butts or candy and nuts, we'll all have a Merry Christmas. And today we're just not having that Merry Christmas. Um, so, you know, complain today, but let's just move on. Um, after today, we're going to vent out on the podcast about the game. Uh, I was there at the stadium. And before I, you know, we dive into the game, I would just want to say, if you weren't at the game and you're in the Tampa Bay area and you're complaining about, oh, we don't have a home field advantage. Oh, this team sucks. Oh, I'm not supporting that team. I'm not spending my heart or a dollar just to see the other opposing fans. there drowning us out. Well, that's part of the reason because you're not showing up. You, you claim to be a huge fan, but you're not showing up to help cheer the team on. At one point in the game, our offense has to use the silent count 
because we're outnumbered in that stadium by blue jerseys. There were at least, at minimum, 60% Giants fans to Bucks fans at 40%. Like, and that's not even hyperbole. It's not even hyperbole. That's embarrassing. Most people say it's worth. I'm just saying that's at minimum. It could have been 75, 25 easily, um, not including people who didn't wear jerseys. So for Bucks fans to keep complaining, you're not helping if you're not there. <laughs> you're not helping on drives where our quarterback is is out there controlling the offense and it feels like an away game when it should be silent in the stadium so they can make sure they get the play right and not have someone run the wrong route and mess up the play on third down. So for you Bucks fans who are constantly pessimistic, try being optimistic. Try showing up to the game. Try going out there cheering your team on and not selling your tickets to the opposing team fans and not not showing up because you feel like it's not going to make a difference. Because what I saw out there once the Giants started getting more momentum, this is a game of momentum. It's the NFL. And it given Sunday, they got momentum, and that turned into a Giants home game late in the fourth quarter. So y'all marinate on that. Think about that. So we're going to go through the game and what happened. Corey, Kel, how do y'all feel about what transpired on the field yesterday for our Buccaneers? I do not understand, but as you you preached right there, man, like I felt like you – like. I was sitting on a knee and you were a football coach just preaching to the team right there. <laughs> that was pretty good. Well said, Corey. Um, I was, for one, very excited for the first half. I was jumping around my living room, and at the end of the game, I was – I just couldn't even watch football. I couldn't even watch the other games. I was sick to my stomach. I, as Thanos said, reality is often disappointing. And, hey, that was a pure example of it right there. Uh, I'm not going to put that game on Matt Gay because the offense shouldn't have really got themselves in the situation. They should have capitalized and been scoring in the second half because they've only had three points. That's just outright shitty. And then the first half was really good. But that second half was so weird when they scored two touchdowns within seven minutes. And I was just like, are you kidding? It's that quick to get that quick to get back into the game. I do not understand how conservative of play calling in the game that we went on that route and I don't understand why we did it and I the last second switch ups with Daniel Jones and how we couldn't even contain that motherfucker I don't get it now the NFL media is going to be looking at Daniel Jones as his new savior but they won't even be mentioning how well Jameis did yesterday Mike Evans went off for 191 yards I think and three touchdowns like Shaq Barrett went off. They should be celebrating this game right now. Like they should. Like I don't know whoever wants to take accountability for that for that game. It's not on Matt Gay. Regardless, he should have made that kick. Yes, but it's the game. The whole game is not on him. I agree with that. Don't get me wrong. He, I mean, he deserves because blame. we don't know about the snaps. We don't know how the snap was. We don't know if anyone didn't get the right proper block on those extra points. 
that got missed, you know, like, we don't, like, there's so much a little fine detail into this, but I, regardless, we should have made those kicks, yes, but also, we shouldn't have thrown an interception by Jameis by the overthrow, we should, we should have stopped Daniel Jones, we should have not took our foot off the pedal, we should have kept going. Like, who cares if we blow them out 60 nothing? I don't know why we took our foot off the damn pedal. It was 28-10. to 10. Are you kidding me? Oh, I just, I just, I can go up. Yeah. Corey, what do you think? Oh, uh, this, this game was an utter disappointment in my eyes. I was sitting there in the first half, sitting on my high horse in my room watching on my TV. Like, yes, this is a great game right here. This is what I want to see from this team game in and game out. And then we come out in the second half and... It's a completely different game. First play of the second half, Evan Ingram goes 75 yards on a play that was very similar to O.J. Howard's breakout play the other year. And the momentum just shifted from there. It, like you said, Kel, the game does not solely fall in the hands of Matt Gay. But Matt Gay is going to take the majority of this blame because that's your only job. Your only job is to kick the goddamn ball through the uprights to win. That's it. Your only job is to kick the ball, and you can't even do that. So we got rid of a, a very good kicker in Cairo Santos who would have who made that kick. So in my eyes, majority of the blame goes on Matt Gay. You're right when you talk about the offense taking their foot off the pedal. Uh, they went very conservative and went run, run, run in the second half, which, which I don't understand. Uh, You get down there, yeah, the run was working, but you get down in the red zone, third and two from the five-yard line, and you run a shotgun run up the middle that gets busted, which results in a field goal. We should have had seven on that drive. That would have put the game out of reach in the fourth quarter. But instead, you're looking at the media now talking about Daniel Jones being the the next savior of the NFL because of his stats, which in reality, Daniel Jones did not have a better game than Jameis Winston. Daniel Jones is only being praised because his team won. If the Giants lose, nobody's going to talk about Daniel Jones. This this is a testament to the Buccaneers organization and how the Buccaneers finished that game. And we all know how that finished. So that's how I feel about how yesterday went. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, they, they built up Daniel Jones going into the game because it's his first start. It's a New York team. And, you know, the media gravitate towards those big markets. That's all they're going to talk about is what the New York team is going to do at quarterback. Well, Daniel Jones in the game, right? So we knew that coming into the game. Coach Todd Bowles knew that coming into the game. And what was the strategy going into the game? Stop Saquon Barkley first and foremost. And then get after the young quarterback. What happened the first, the first half? Stop Saquon Barkley. Clearly, we can stop the run. There, I, I don't think anyone in that stadium, um, and moving forward, is going to doubt our ability to stop running backs. Like that's that's a done deal. Like our rush defense is really good, but that pass defense, once you take away, we actually took away. Permanently for the game, Saquon Barkley. He got hurt. He didn't come back. Now, and we were lit. <clears throat> we were we were stopping him. 
and I, I knew we I figured we were gonna stop him coming into the game just the way our defense has looked the past two weeks coming into the game that they weren't gonna run up the middle and we're fast enough to get to the outside to slow them down as well. But now Daniel Jones, they had to get creative, get Daniel Jones to throw the football some more. And the secondary wasn't ready for that. And I don't know if it was just we didn't want to call different coverages. They didn't prepare to call different coverages. They just wanted to keep playing the man. And that's what you, you've been practicing, man. You've been practicing to get ready for that, you know, play the whole season running this type of defense. But at some point, are you going to decide some coverages, play a little zone just to, to confuse the young man? Because they're running man beaters all game. They're running crossing routes. They're running comeback routes, back shoulder throws, out routes to beat that man coverage. That's being ran and shredding the defense. At some point, we did get a little momentum on defense. Sack Barrett started to go off a wasted four-sack effort from that young man. Two forced fumbles. He did go off, but he didn't go off when it mattered the most. That last drive in the fourth quarter. It didn't, he didn't go off with a matter of most. Secondary was getting torched. So it's tough. It's tough watching that, man. It's tough. Uh, I mean, we've been talking gloom and doom. Let's let's go into a little bit of the positives from that game. What we saw in the first half from the person everybody loves to hate in Tampa, Jameis Winston. He played, he played a damn good first half. And people were ready to throw Mike Evans away. Oh, he's been trash this season, man. I don't know what's up with Mike Evans. Set that shit up. I really hope people that were hating on him benched him in fantasy this week just so they got a little taste of their medicine. Because it's Mike Evans for crying out loud. (laughs) (laughs) I I know a guy that benched him. (laughs) Oh, dear. There's always that one guy. There's always one. Hey, love you, bro. But Justin, don't do that ever again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those, those, they went off. There was the deep ball. There was the decisive decisions from Jameis making plays. And they showed you why they're the best tandem that this franchise has ever had between quarterback and receiver. Um, and also O.J. Howard. Shout out to O.J. Howard making plays this game. You, you people are ready to trade O.J. Howard after two games. And you got to understand something. Some of the best offenses in the league, if you want to look at um, some of the top offenses, sometimes it's just not that player's day to get the, the, the catches. Brian Leftwich said it. Sometimes the ball is just not coming your way. You can't just force somebody the ball just because you want fantasy numbers. On Sunday, it just so happened to be Mike Evans and O.J. Howard day. Chris Godwin didn't go off on Sunday. The matchup dictated one-on-one Evans? Fine. We'll take Mike Evans all day one-on-one. You want to give some looks to O.J. Howard? You going to take him one-on-one? Fine. James do it. O.J. Howard. So <clears throat> week to week is going to change based on what the defense does. So Bucks fans clamoring that you want every person on the offense to touch the football every week, get over that. It's not happening. <laughs> 
Not happening. Chris Godwin made his plays when he needed to make his plays. He made a really good ca- uh, first down catch in the fourth quarter to keep things going, right? Like, those were what we mean to do exactly how you said it. Like, they game plan change every week, right? But when you have your chance to get the ball, you got to take advantage of the opportunity. Like, OJ did not do the last two weeks, right? But now he finally did, right? So I'm looking at it a little bit on the running back side, too. I know that they're going uh, with three guys. I do. I think they really need to stick with Ronald Jones. I just think he needs to get the ball a little bit more. As you see, every time he's breaking out, he's going off. Then Peyton Barber goes in. Then he's slicing through up the gut, right? I like those plays and having them elaborate Peyton Barber more. I see why they like that dare guy a lot, but I think there was times yesterday where they put him in where it was clear that maybe hmm, Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber should have been in that play instead of him, you know? So I kind of hope they kind of – commit to a more of a one back in a little bit way or more of a two back instead of all three, but you never know. It's just game planning. Right? I know. I can, I feel that. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Well, well, the only way, yeah, the only way that, uh, the only way that Dare Ogunbowale was in the game was on third down passing downs. He doesn't come in to run the ball. You know, when he's coming in the game, it's to help protect Jameis because he is our best running back, blocker so he's there to protect Jameis from getting hit from either side well, that's gonna be when too they send obvious. the blitz on third down and whatever distance we are in you know? so that's the reason why they bring him in well Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber that that tandem is not going to change both of them are going to get their carries obviously obviously Bruce Arians obviously Bruce Arians is going to continue to use both of them because both of them have had games where they've gone off already last week it was Peyton Barber against the Panthers this week it was Ronald Jones in the fourth quarter once again pounding a rock down the middle and we should have kept doing it yes in in the second half the Buccaneers plays were run 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 you'd barely see a pass from Jameis Winston after that incredible first half but man they still needed to give Rojo the ball I don't like I said I don't agree with the the play call Third and two from the five yard line. You run a damn. You run up the middle from the shotgun with Peyton Barber. When Ronald Jones is the reason you got down to the I red really zone think in the Ronald first Jones place. Should have just it. kept feeding Rojo. I think if he put him Ronald Jones in still, I think he would have got those two yards. He was running hard. I- I truly don't I don't believe I don't believe that Rojo would have gotten it just because our offensive line got their shit blown in. Like there was no need there was no need for the offense to run a damn up the middle from the shotgun, third and two. You could have gone under center, pitched it to Ronald Jones and let him let him try and do something outside because the Giants were committing to the run down the middle. So that would leave the outside open, which is what I think the offense should have done. But instead they brought in Payment Barber for the third down, ran him up the middle and they got stuffed. No, no. And in that instance, uh I yeah, I hated the play call. I hated the play call. You take the momentum back out. You're always preaching riding the hot hand, and you take your hot hand out to run from the shotgun on the five-yard line. And even still, uh, someone put a still image. Uh, this is the only time I actually like still images of plays. This is pre-snap, <laughs> and everyones they're all crowded on the line, the Giants defense, and you got... Trips right, trips left, 
It looks like it's going to be one-on-one -on -one coverage. You mean to tell me you don't want to tr trust your 6'5 your, your, your wide receiver for a jump ball? You mean to tell me you got another guy in Chris Godwin you won't trust for a jump ball in that instance against their second corner who we don't even know who their second corner is? But you want to run out of the shotgun after you've been killing them on the ground running more power runs. And it came down to that to get a field goal instead of we actually should have scored a touchdown there. You hate to see it. And, man, I love me some Peyton Barber, man. I love me some Peyton Barber. But Ronald Jones was running that thing yesterday. Ronald Jones looks like the better back running between the tackles. Period. Period. There's no even no discussion of it. Ronald Jones averaging over five yards of carry for the season. He's running hard. He's running tough. And the coaches, whatever y'all need to do to get him up to speed on pass blocking, you need to do it. Because <laughs> he needs to be the featured back in this offense. You saw what he did on the quick, the quick screenplay, 41 yards. You see the average he had for the game, 5.7 a carry. 80 yards on 14 touches. I, I, I understand you want to keep guys fresh, Brucey. Bucko Bruce. B.A. But your best bet got to get these touches, man. <laughs> They're running backs. This is what they do. Ride the hot guy. Honor riding the hot guy like you said you're going to do. And let him win you the damn game. Because you sure enough took him out while he was on fire. That's equivalent of, oh, He's on fire in NBA Jam, and then you you bench him. At least in NBA Jam, you can't do that. They save you from yourself. You can't self-destruct like that, Bruce Arians. You can't do it. Can't do it. Um, any 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 other positives from the first half? Any any other positives? I would just say overall team effort. Then <laughs> clearly it went down to shit in the second half. But no, I just hope they can learn from this experience and this loss. Hopefully, right? We've had many of these games where we've lost within five points the last two years. But hopefully, this is actually a game that stings with them and realizes that you guys are not that bad. You guys can be great. And by great, you can be even way better. So. I just hope they can get this thing going against the Rams because watching last night's game, I really think we can compete with the Rams knowing that we've stopped all these other running backs. And I think we can stop LA's running game. And if we can just make Goff pass, oh, I think our defense will be able to get to him. So, yeah, I've been, I've been I preaching be that okay. for weeks, Cal. And I'm pretty sure, uh, what, the Buckahawks will be down in L.A. too, and it's going to be one of those big games like uh, San Diego a couple years ago? Is it going to be like oh, that? Oh, it's going to be major. Oh, that's my point. Oh. It's going to be a home game. Yeah, it's going to be major out there. It's going to be a fun one. Definitely um, a winnable game for us, but we can't beat ourselves. That's been the, the consistent theme for the team, just beating ourselves in games we should win. And I think also that B.A. needs to go back to his drawing board on game situation management. 
Because that's another thing he's been preaching. And I'm drinking the Kool-Aid still on game management, situational football. Or maybe he needs to go reevaluate some of these situations, especially with the Tampa Bay organization. We've been having trouble with kickers. We trusted our kicker. And which what you should do. I'm not disagreeing with what he did late. You trust your kicker to make a field goal that's from the field goal range of an extra point. You trust your kicker to get that job done. You move the ball to the spot where he makes it the easiest kick for him from that distance. Unfortunately, the kicker miss. The kicker miss was a fulfillment of the downfall of the team in that second half. Everything we did wrong in that second half just came through on that missed kick. And maybe you need to be a little bit more aggressive. Football logic tells you to run the football more in the second half. To eat up some clock. Maintain your lead. Maybe we need to go put up 60. To win some games. You know, take the, don't take your foot off the gas. Don't take your foot off the gas. Like, so like I don't get why some of these fans are, like, saying, oh, cut his ass already. Like, right now, currently, it's like, what do you think the message was sent in the locker room if the whole entire team went up to the player and was just like, oh, fuck you, you did this. Like, we should like, get rid of you. You know what I mean? Like, inside the locker room, like, you got to have your teammates back. You got to trust in your kicker. That's what being the part of the team is, right? I don't get some of these fans. Like, if we actually cut the kicker, that would not even be a good message to the other players. It would not even be a positive message for him. It would not be anything for the league. It would it would just cause drama, right? Like, you don't need that shit in the locker room if you do it. You trust with your kicker. Obviously, if he keeps fucking up, yeah, you're that's, that's a business, right? But it's a rookie kicker, and we know that he did pretty decent yesterday with kicks, regardless of that. The last the last second kick before the half, that was awesome. You know? Like, that was really good. He went he went four for four, and I mean, well, technically four for five for field goals yesterday. Like, that's not bad at all with a 52-yard long. I I think he's still going to be good, and I think he's we just got right. Yeah, four or five from more. field goals. So the one, the one miss was the one. We need it the most. So you trust your kicker. Um, th- that's what he gets paid for to do. And and thank God the locker room of the Bucks and you know within the organization is not the fan base <laughs> of the Bucks because God knows the season will be tanked. Luckily they understand that you got to go to the next game. There's more football to be played. It's only week three. Week four begins after Monday night's game. Um, so it's still early and the sky is not falling. We, 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 we've said on this podcast, you're going to have to give it about six weeks for us to, you know, to really judge where the direction of this team is going to go. How is Jameis going to look after, you know, six to eight weeks, uh, midway point in the season, the defense, they got a hot start. They just had their first, you know, collapse far as in the passing game. So they got to go back to the drawing board. So it's going to be a learning curve. Still, we've been preaching that. A lot of people don't have the patience for it, but it is what it is. Got to get this learning curve down. 
Gotta get it look consistent. Yeah, the learning curve, the learning curve is going to be something that the team is going to continuously try to work on as it's still a new system. But Kel said that you're not going to what's the message going to be if you got rid of the kicker right now? Obviously, you see the teammates have his back and say that it all falls on them together as a group. And B.A. said the same thing. They're not going to cut him. But it's all about accountability. Like I mentioned earlier, that that's your only job. You you kick the damn ball for a living, and you get paid a lot of money to do it. So you going out there and not being able to kick when it matters the most to potentially put your team with a winning record at 2-1, and one, it just sends a bad message to the fan base. Like you said, CJ, the fan base is fed up already through three games. And it's understandable, but it's also an overreaction. It is an overreaction big time because, yeah. You said it was 100% him. Like, he took technically took responsibility and accountability, right? Like, he said that last kick was on him. I mean, yeah, he, he did say that, but, but in his mind, you know he doesn't mean it. He doesn't mean because everybody everybody on the team was – was all three phases they were all to blame for the loss in my opinion coaching offense defense special teams everything it it was a complete team game every phase of the game and then the coaching cj everything everything is to blame for the game because offense took their foot off the pedal defense let daniel jones tear them apart in the second half and then of course the kicking game so it's everybody Everybody has to hold themselves accountable and just look forward to the next game and, and learn from it. Learn from it fast because the next game is right around the corner. As you know, there's a game every seven days or less, but our next game is on Sunday. So they got to learn fast and hopefully they know what they did wrong and it turns into a, a W going forward for the team. Yep, that's, that's what we can hope for uh, moving forward. Um, yeah, I mean, it got, it got to be a complete game. I thought this was going to be the game. We, we've talked about how we need to see a complete game from this team going into the game. And we got that in the first half. We got, we got the defense playing well. We got the offense putting up touchdowns. Um, but <laughs> the signs were there. Missed extra point, blocked extra point in the first half. And that derails a complete game because special teams is a part <laughs> of a complete game. And unfortunately, it came down to the kicker, and the kicker did not deliver. Um, this was also the Ring of Honor game for Rondé Barber. Great tribute. But to say that, a good positive, good positive note we can look at the Rondé Barber. Great tribute. Oh, my God. It was so great to see the video they had prepared for him. Seeing all the Bucks alumni at the stadium. I wish I was in the club, man. All the alumni were in the club, man. People were having a great time taking pictures with them, chatting it up with the old uh, Buccaneer players. A lot of players the younger generation don't know about. You know, Roman Ogden. Um, I mean, some people should know Quincy Black. Uh, the the punter, Roman. What was that? Mark Royal. Mark Royal. Chris Hovan. Man, there was a lot of former Buccaneers that were there. It was good to see those old Bucks faces from, from years past. And it, it was a special moment seeing Runday 
uh, get inducted into the Ring of Honor. He's definitely a Buccaneer legend. He's actually an NFL legend. Um, and going into what should be a huge campaign bid for the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know what's taking them so long to get him in there, but he should be going into the Hall of Fame very soon because his numbers speak for himself. What he did for this franchise speaks for itself. And there will be another, there will never be another player like Runday Barber in the league. He's no, he has a stat that no one else in the league has accomplished. And that's having what 25 sacks and 40 or more interceptions like that. 45, 45 plus interceptions and 25 plus sacks. He's the only player in NFL history to have it. Can't be duplicated. Won't be duplicated. So, uh, Hall of Fame committee, the Sage, the custodian of Canton. Let's get that man a gold jacket. That's for sure. Did y'all see any of that on um, the broadcast? Was any of the Ring of Honor stuff broadcasted? No, they did not show the Ring of Honor broad broadcast anywhere. Um, Fox, however, since Ronde and Tiki were in the booth with Alberts, they they did highlight it a little bit and say that it's well deserved and he's on his way to Canton. But like you said, we gotta wait and see if Ronde is on his way to Canton because the voters the past few years have not put him in there. Although his numbers do speak for themselves, and I truly do believe that. If it's not this year, next year, Rondé Barber will be inducted into the, the Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, for sure. Definitely deserve. Uh, Voting, lead, lead their politics out of it, man, and, and get get what a player deserves. And Rondé Barber perfected playing cover two in this scheme. One of the smartest players in the league. And he should be recognized for that um, with an honor of a gold jacket. And, and that's for sure. I agree. My first ever game was 2006 against the Eagles. He got two pick sixes in Tampa, and I was like, wow. <laughs> That's when you really realize how good and quality of a player he is and the caliber. And he kept doing that for all these years after the Super Bowl and even the uh, 2002 NSC Championship game against the Eagles, a clinching pick there too, the dagger. Oh, man, he is... One hell of a player, and actually it's a blessing in disguise that we had him, and I wish we had him now. You know, I wish we had that guy now on our team. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I wish the same thing, man. We, we could definitely use some um, veteran leadership in, in that secondary. Uh, but I, I, I guys will get it together. Uh, bright note and also a low note, Mike Edwards uh, definitely should have had that interception, man. He definitely should have had that pick on Daniel Jones. Um, but he played well, except <laughs> for that missed tackle on the 75-yarder from from um, from Evans. And that play, actually, we were talking about it before we started recording the podcast. Corey, that play looked very similar to the one O.J. Howard scored on against the Eagles last year, where it was just in route over the middle, catch it, and run up the sideline. And I'm just like, wow. How do you duplicate and you're the same play against us? Like, how, how do we not stop that, fellas? Big play, big time momentum swing there. Yeah, that that play was, uh, like you said, big time momentum swinger. 
Uh, Mike Edwards, he, he's going to be a baller for us. We, we can see the flashes of what he's doing, what he's bringing to the table alongside Jordan Whitehead. So our safety tandem, they're going to be all right. It's just, like you said, he had to pick, and, and it bounced off his face mask, and he dropped it. Ah, that that could have been huge, too. That could have been another score for the Buccaneers because I don't think anybody was going to be able to take him down. That could have been a pick six. So Mike Edwards, um, he'll learn from that. He He's going to get right in terms of catching the damn ball because he did it all offseason in training camp. So He'll get it in the NFL game. I predicted he was going to have a pick six week one against Jimmy G. Didn't happen. VH3 ended up getting the pick six against Jimmy G. But Mike Edwards, Mike Edwards is going to get himself right, and he's going to have a few interceptions coming up soon. I, I definitely agree with that, for sure. For sure. Great young talent there. Just a rookie as well. Looking really good out there, solid. And missing training camp, um, getting back up to speed with um, being the last line of defense because he is playing the high safety position while Jordan Whitehead is playing more closer to the line um, as like our hybrid uh, safety slot defender, tight end, man-to-man cover. So, yeah, sky's the limit for for that young man. Um, Anything else that we got here? I mean, other than that, uh, once again, defense was stout. Um, I wish I would, we would saw a little bit more pressure from Via and Sue with um, that could have got some sacks, but their pressure helps Shaq Barrett gets his sacks, which is often not shown on the stat sheet of the, the help they give the rushers on the outside. But you would like to see them get a sack or to, to come away. They started doubling them actually in the second half. Which exactly. Ended up making more, uh, Shaq gained more sacks, right? I remember seeing they kept on, uh, whoever the strong side was on, they were double teaming that end. So it sometimes would be Sue or sometimes it'd be Vea. Because <laughs> every time there was a run, holy shit, mm-hmm. then they'd still stop them, right? But yeah, no, on those pass pros, they, they ended up getting an extra guy on those D tackles. And I was like, shit, I really wish those D tackles really put a little bit more pressure on the pass past game in the second half but hopefully it installs next year and next week yeah on the on the past plays those dts it 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 was um it looked like they were slowing them down they were slowing down vea and sue because they from the jump when the ball was snapped sue and vea were not were not getting the quick step to try and get to the quarterback instead they were they were just staying at the line it looked like it looked like the Giants were were wearing them down making them kind of tired towards the end of the game as well because I saw a picture of Daniel Jones uh walking into the end zone on that that final touchdown and and Dominican Sue is standing behind him like five ten yards looking in shock it was like it was like they were tired they they didn't have anybody to plug the middle out of the big guys and and it costs us, but like you said, their pressure when when it looked like they were going to be running and Daniel Jones would drop back to pass and Shaq Barrett got his sacks along with Carl Nassib, then they're doing their job. They're clogging up the middle, which is forcing Daniel Jones to drop back in the pocket and Shaq Barrett go out there and do his thing and have four sacks. He has eight sacks through three games, which is tied for a record. He should definitely win defensive player of the week for the nfc once again and 
I'm incredibly happy to have him in Tampa. He was overshadowed in Denver. So thank you to the coaching staff and the organization actually for going out and getting him this offseason when he was a free agent. Yeah, shout out shout out to the um the scouting staff to to find this gym in Sack Barrett. Uh keep doing it, Sack. And we, you know, we, we hope you get twenty sacks this season. You're on pace for about forty. Going into week four. So hey, keep it up. Get that pressure next week on uh on the Rams and help us come out with a victory. Uh so I think we touched pretty much everything. In regards to the game, we talked about the fan base not showing up to the game. We talked about all three phases, Runday Barbers, Ring of Honor, the coaching staff. Anything else we missed? How did you guys do in fantasy football this week? <laughs> <laughs> it's to be determined tonight, pending the Bears defense for me. Um, One league I won because of Jameis. The other league I lost because of Jameis because my opponent had Mike Evans and Mike Evans had like 50 points for him. So um, Jameis put me over the top in one league and put me under in another league, but he still showed out. So it's looking good in the future for Jameis Winston in terms of fantasy. So hopefully he continues it throughout the season and he shuts up the haters. True, true. I, I went uh, one for three. I'm <laughs> in four leagues, but yeah, I went one for three. And yeah, I have no one playing on Monday night tonight. So yeah, uh, yeah, I got torched. But they're all kind of close. But uh, what was it? Yeah, Jameis was the reason why I won in one of my leagues. So same as you, Corey. Hey, Jameis, Jameis off. played well, man. Hey, and then Jameis, we trust, man. He's going to get it turned around. Um, People gotta understand, Jameis is only 25 years old. Jameis has a lot of time to continue to develop. Um, I really like that he now has a running game uh, once we commit to that running game. And good things are ahead. Uh, Buccaneer fans that, you know, want to hate Jameis, get over it. Jameis is going to be here. Unless unless this young man throws two more games with three plus three or more interceptions, it's not happening. Jameis will be the quarterback next year. So just support him. And stop crying because you want to go get a different quarterback. Stop crying because he wasn't the guy you wanted. And the other guy, Mariota's looking like baby boo-boo over there in Tennessee. So shut up. Support the guy. Support the team. And just get over it. I had a, I had a co-worker come to me today. And he was just like, oh, you're still supporting Jameis? I was like, fuck you mean? Like, he just threw for th- almost 400 yards and three touchdowns yesterday. Got the win last week. It's just like, are you kidding me? Like, that's how much, like, non, all these mainstream fans to see, right? It's just like, you guys are ridiculous. That was not on Jameis whatsoever. For sure. And, and in their eyes, Jameis literally will have to sh- score at least four touchdowns a week and throw for 300 yards every week for them to change their perspective, which is not going to happen in the NFL. And make the playoffs. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and have to, and for sure we have to make the playoff, but it's a complete team effort. Um, for you know this to happen, and I, I like how the team is definitely starting to look to come together. There's just a few more hiccups we have to improve and quick, cause you know it's still early, but the season is starting to, you know, you get that feeling once the first couple weeks go by, the season starts to pick up and everything seems to go a little bit faster. Uh, that's the territory we're starting to enter in. Uh, but keeping all things in perspective, we're second in the division. 
we're a game out of first place. And there's a lot of football left to be played. Yes, our 13 division. 13 games. There's 13 games left. Um, our division had a decent day. New Orleans won with their backup. The Panthers won with their backup. The Falcons lost because they, they suck too. Um, but Thank you, Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter, man. He's the man. That offense looks great. Shout out Matty Ice throwing them picks. But, yeah, keep things in perspective, man. The, the sky isn't falling. Early in the season, a lot of football to be played. Sit tight and let's enjoy the roller coaster ride that we're going to go through this season. Because, I mean, weren't we 4-2 last year? At one point? And it just all went downhill. So that's, we, I, we were two and zero when it went downhill. I don't think we were four and two. Two and zero? I thought we were. Yeah, we we started out two and zero, and then it all went downhill after that, with the the quarterback changes and everything going on there. Yeah. Okay. Well, two and zero. You know, the the game changes quick week to week. That's that's the lesson learned. We were three and three. Three and three. Look at that. It, the the game changes quick. Quick. So, hey, be mad today. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can already go on the run like we did Jameis's second year. Go on that run where we won five in a row. I'm pretty sure we went two and zero last year because we went beat the Saints 48-40, then the Eagles twenty seven twenty one, but lost to the Steelers. We did, we did yeah, go two and zero. Lost to the Bears right after, then lost to the Falcons. Beat the Browns, luckily. Then Bengals, Panthers. Redskins, Giants, all the shit, right? <laughs> That's the whole season. But, yeah, no, we started 2-0 and last year. So, I mean, yeah, it's a long season ahead of us, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a long season. And, hey, let's get excited for the next week. Put this game behind us, and we're going to move on. We're going to have the preview podcast coming out later this week. And we'll give you guys the numbers and what to look for in that game. Really excited. Me and Corey will be in the house in Los Angeles for the game. So Corey's on the winning streak right now, going to games. Me, not so much. But Corey's on a winning streak. Well, a win from his last game. I don't. I can't say winning streak. Let me correct myself. That's still a no, winning no, no, no. streak. We, we got to get this one so we can officially say it's a streak. Uh, which I have high hopes that we can. Uh, I'm not... I actually think we could go in this in this game and steal one. Cause that's just our been our mo, playing better on the road than we do at home. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll, into we'll that. definitely get into that. So, any final thoughts before we close this out? Yeah, my final thought is, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at ATB Podcast underscore. Go ahead and follow our partners, Bucks Life Media. On Facebook, like them at Bucks Life Media. Follow them on Twitter at Bucks Life News. And go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. <laughs>